Welcome to the Yale podcast on entrepreneurship, where we explore the dynamic world of innovation and business ventures fostered by Yale University, including students, faculty, alumni, and administration. I am Jessica Yu, and I'm here to explore the story behind Yale's burgeoning entrepreneurship scene for anyone who is curious and looking to get inspired. Today's episode stars Josh Jabal, the Senior Associate Provost for Entrepreneurship and Innovations at Yale University. He currently runs Yale Ventures, a university initiative to foster an entrepreneurship ecosystem for Yale innovators. Prior to joining Yale Ventures, Josh had a longtime career in the tech industry with 11 years at IBM before becoming a CEO of Core Informatics, later acquired by Thermo. Fisher Scientific. He also served as COO for the state of Connecticut under Governor Ned Lamont. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for joining the Yale podcast on entrepreneurship. So I was wondering whether you could share a bit about your background, like what is your current role at Yale and what were you doing prior to joining that? Sure. So I'm a Yale, two-time Yale um, I was Yale College class of 97 and Ezra Stiles. I uh, went out and worked for a few years and came back to Yale to go to SOM. Uh, I graduated in 2002. And I've spent most of my career in the technology industry. So initially I went to IBM, um, worked in a number of different roles there over the course of 11 years, um, left in, to become the CEO of a small software startup um, that was doing laboratory informatics um, in the cloud back in the era when the cloud was new and scary to everyone. Um, but we grew that business. Initially, we were bootstrapped. Um, we ended up raising a couple of rounds of venture capital, scaled it up, and uh, were acquired in 2017 by Thermo Fisher Scientific, another big Fortune 100 company. Worked there for a couple of years um, in a new division they created when we were acquired called Digital Science, um, and then left and was taking some time off, taking a sabbatical for the first time in my life. Um, when I got a call from the woman who ran the venture capital firm that led our Series B, um, Annie Lamont. And she said, hey, um, I don't know if you noticed, but my husband just got elected governor of Connecticut. And I said, sure, I noticed. I voted for him. Congratulations. And she said, how do you like to get involved in the administration? And so one thing led to the next. And over the most recent three years, I did a tour of duty in public service or so working for the state government here in Connecticut as the chief operating officer for the state, where I was responsible for um, all of the executive branch agencies. So 25 agencies, 30,000 employees, and also um, was asked by the governor to leave the state's COVID response when that hit in 2020. Um, but then I came back to Yale a little over a year ago into this new role that the university created to bring together the different programs around uh, Yale that support entrepreneurs and innovators in different ways. Um, and so that led to uh, my joining in um, February of 2022. And a couple months later, we created Yale Ventures. Wow, that is like very recent. So am I correct in saying that Yale Ventures, like your role is a new role that Yale has created to, you know, like double their efforts to support entrepreneurship? 
That's right. It's a brand new role. It brings together a number of programs that have existed uh, in some cases for quite a while. So it brings together what used to be known as the Office of Cooperative Research or OCR, which ran the university's tech transfer operations, where we work with Yale faculty researchers to patent and license out the new discoveries and inventions um, they're generating in their research. Um, Two other accelerator programs like the Blavatnik Fund for Innovation that supports life sciences innovations, the new Roberts Fund, um, which supports innovators in the School of Engineering, Sci City, uh, which is our student home for innovators, our corporate strategy and engagement group, and, and some other programs. Wow, that is a lot. So I'm curious, why do you think Yale has chosen to like double their efforts on supporting entrepreneurship? Like, why has Yale chosen to make this investment recently? Well, I think there's a number of factors that have led to this. I mean, I think overarching uh, motivation has to do with uh, impact and recognizing that as one of the leading uh, universities in the world, um, certainly we have our core mission, which is to, to teach and educate you know, future leaders um, to do research um, and help advance knowledge and discovery. But increasingly, I think our faculty and our students and our, and our leadership also expects us to have an impact and to be participating in solving the big problems we're facing in the world right now, whether that's ranging from improving human health and curing disease to um, uh, impacting positively you know, the climate crisis and finding new technologies that can help reduce global warming to new advancements in artificial intelligence or quantum computing that uh, are going to transform the world in the years to come. And so I think the university's goals here are really to make sure that the work that we're doing is having as big a positive impact as possible in the world. Increasingly, too, I think you you see and hear uh, from our faculty and from our students, you know, an expanding interest in entrepreneurship and wanting to see their ideas and their discoveries um, not just result in, you know, papers being published in prestigious journals, although that's certainly a, a key uh, goal, but also to see those discoveries then translated externally from the university into new startups and new partnerships where those ideas can be tested and hopefully scaled up into new products and services that can make a difference. Yeah. So how exactly does that process happen? So how does Yale Ventures work with, say, for instance, like a faculty member to transfer their uh, like lab research all the way to like this like real life application to startups? Like what is the process? What is involved in that? So we have a team of what we call business development associates, who uh, each of whom are responsible for working with a, a number of faculty members. And so they're PhD scientists themselves who um, stay in close contact with our faculty. And as the new discoveries are being made in their research in their labs, uh, we'll work with them to get those discoveries patented, if, if that's appropriate, and then license them out to uh, the private sector, either startup companies or uh, larger businesses that are interested in technologies and want to try to invest to develop it further. In many cases, then we'll also um, encourage those those faculty, and in some cases, their graduate students or postdocs who are working on the projects as well, to apply to some of our accelerator programs. And I mentioned a couple of them a moment ago, but we run a number of accelerator programs that are designed to provide additional support in the form of grant funding, connections with mentors and experienced um, investors and entrepreneurs, um, showcases where they can present their 
um, their new venture to, you know, a broad community of um, VCs and, and angel investors who might be interested in helping them um, invest and scale their business and other services. So, um, you know, we provide a pretty wide range of services, all with the goal of, pro- of trying to help our faculty and help our students take their ideas and discoveries and, and launch them out into the world. Yeah, I'm really curious about what types of ideas these are. Are there like particular fields that are like that like, that tend to work with you a lot? For instance, the biotech field or yeah, historic. So Yale has a, a, you know a very large and very strong school of medicine, and historically. Um, the majority of, of new technologies that have been discovered and commercialized at Yale have come out of the School of Medicine and been the basis for the creation of new biotech companies in particular. And so we have historically spun out of Yale about 10 new startup companies a year, primarily biotechs that are overwhelmingly focused on developing new therapeutics to cure or treat a wide variety of, of diseases and in conditions. Um, in addition, we've uh, launched a number of medical device companies, diagnostic companies, digital health startups um, that are also oftentimes coming out of the School of Medicine. Um, but increasingly, uh, as you may know, the School of Engineering and Applied Science is growing rapidly right now, as well as the School of the Environment and other uh, faculty and up on Science Hill who are doing research in and around um, other applied areas focused on climate change, focused on uh, computational technologies, focused on robotics, quantum computing, whole variety of areas where right now we're seeing a lot of growth and demand from our faculty, which we're really excited about. And so we're also scaling up our team at Yale Ventures to make sure that we can be as supportive as possible to all of our faculty across campus. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. And it sounds like Yale is very supportive of these like faculty entrepreneurs. So I just wanted to know what what is exactly is Yale's stance on professors having extra ventures? And did it change over the years? For instance, like the amount of time that like a professor could dedicate to their ventures, etc.? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it has been evolving certainly over the years. I think, you know, maybe if you go back 20, 30 years, it was pretty rare. Um, and today it's, it's quite popular. And, um, you know, the university's perspective on this is that it's highly encouraged. You know, we want to see the real world impact of the discoveries coming out of our research enterprise. And we, you know, invest as a university millions of dollars a year in these programs that we run to help support that effort. We also, um, rely on philanthropy. You know, a lot, there's a lot of these programs are all made possible through the generosity of, of Yale alumni and other supporters um, who donate, you know, to Yale and enable us to create these programs um, that complement the the investments that Yale makes directly as well. Now there are boundaries. Um, you know, faculty are still subject to a number of policies that ensure that this doesn't become a full time job. Right, uh, their full time job continues to be uh, a faculty member at Yale and the research and teaching and responsibilities that come along with that. And there's a number of policies that ensure um, you know that we're uh, you know staying in bounds in terms of conflicts of interest and conflicts of commitment are the two big areas that are focused on. But you know, issues there are pretty rare. Our faculty know how to manage those those challenges and and um, still you know be very involved in helping to launch new new startup companies yeah so I heard that either the faculty could launch their own startups or maybe their tech would be licensed to third parties so who exactly are these like so-called third parties 
Sure. It could range from, you know, a large, um, you know, pharmaceutical company like AstraZeneca or Boehringer Ingelheim, you know, two companies that we have very large research collaborations with. In some cases, it could be small or mid-sized companies as well, all the way down to brand new startup companies. Often the most common thing is that we will license a technology to a company that's just being born brand new based on that technology. And we're working with the faculty member who, by the way, is not going to leave the university to go work on that company. They may serve on the board of directors or a scientific advisory board, but we try to help them identify, you know, who could be the founding CEO, who could be the right investors for them to talk to, who can write those early checks to help get the company founded and off the ground. Um, and that's the most common way that we, you know, will help uh, partner with the private sector. You know, since the creation of Yale Ventures, I heard people saying that there's like this type of new energy in the air. But from what I heard from you, like there's always been like some entrepreneurship going on in the Yale community. So do you think a lot has really changed since the creation of Yale Ventures? Well, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, what we're helping to do is bring to together programs that in some cases have existed for a number of years, but maybe have isol you know, operated a little bit more in isolation and help make connections and help um, through those connections, help these programs be even more successful or scale their ability to support more students, more faculty. Um, and in some cases, we are creating new programs as well. Um, but I'm hopeful that, yeah, it is certainly um, through the creation of this role that I'm now in and our subsequent launch of Yale Ventures, um, you know, I think it represents a pretty significant statement from President Salve, um, Pro, our Provost Scott Strobel, the Yale Corporation, and our other deans and senior leaders that this is an area where the university does want to do more. We do want to uh, support our faculty and students in having the greatest possible impact they can, you know, addressing the big challenges we're facing in the world. Yeah. So in terms of fostering an entrepreneurship ecosystem, how do you think we like as in Yale University, how do you think we're positioned compared to our peers at like other universities, for instance, say like Stanford or like Harvard or something like that? Sure. Um, you know, I think if you so I think we have um, we have headwinds and some tailwinds, right? Like I think, you know, from a headwinds perspective, um, you know, if you're Stanford or if you're MIT and you're located in the Bay Area or in, you know, Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, you're immersed in, you know, these large, vibrant entrepreneurial ecosystems that have been built up over many decades that you can benefit from in terms of the density of talent, investors, you know, lab space, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, Haven is obviously a smaller city, um, but at the same time, that's an advantage to us as well. So, you know, over the course of, you know, our progress over the last 10, 20 years, you know, we've built up now critical mass in terms of commercial lab space, talent, um, and the infrastructure that's necessary for startups to take root here and be successful here. Um, but you can do that in New Haven at about half the cost of those markets. So lab space in New Haven is about literally half the cost of uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, or you know San Francisco Bay Area. Um, uh, equally, the cost of living is much lower here. So you can get a similar salary working at one of these companies as those big markets, but then you can afford a much larger house with a yard and you know live in a, a, a you know desirable you know community or neighborhood and put your kids in public schools and enjoy the shoreline and the really incredible quality of life not have to subject yourself to horrible traffic and you know a lot of the challenges that come with being in those 
you know, living in, in those, uh, some of those bigger markets. So I think we kind of have the best way, best of both worlds here in this ecosystem where you've got the critical mass you need to be successful, but it's small enough where you, it's more affordable to, to live, to work. Um, and you can see the real impact of the progress that you're making. You know, some of our startups now, um, whether it's Alexion or our Venice, you know, employ hundreds of people in Haven become some of the largest employers here in the city and are able to have a really tremendous impact on economic development and creation of opportunity and jobs. And I know a lot of the the leaders there, um, employees there take a lot of pride in that and they should because they're having a real positive impact on the city that you can kind of see and feel in ways that might get lost in the soup in one of those bigger cities. Yeah. So do you think more and more people are choosing to stay in New Haven, choosing to stay in Connecticut, as opposed to maybe like going off to Boston or other places? Has it been different or is it getting like better with more people staying? Yeah, it depends on like what type of people you're talking about. I think when you're talking about like undergraduates, um, you know, we, we are seeing more undergrads stick around New Haven, but still the vast majority do head out, right? Like very few, very low percentage of our undergrads, you know, grew up in Connecticut, have deep roots here. And it's very common for them to take that first job in New York or Boston or San Francisco. Um, but what we're seeing more and more of people coming back, um, particularly when you get a little older, when maybe you're getting married, uh, having kids, you know, want to thinking about quality of life where you want to put down roots and raise a family. That's a real strength for us. But also when you when you look at the startups that we're launching, it used to be that, you know, 10, 20 years ago, those companies, almost all of them would leave um, and they'd move up to Cambridge, Massachusetts, because, you know, there was just much higher density there of, of talent and lab space and so forth. But today we're seeing almost all of the startups we spin out stay in New Haven because they now have access to the incubators, to the lab space. We do have the density of talent either who live here or who can commute in two days a week from another, you know, from New York or Boston and, you know, zoom in the other couple of days, uh, um, as well as, you know, the talent density, which has just accumulated over the years, you know, thanks to Yale startups that have grown and been successful, as well as startups from a number of other ecosystems. You know, Jonathan Rothberg, who's a Yale PhD graduate, founded a dozen companies here in the local New Haven area, which have grown and created, you know, contributed to that density of talent here. And many other companies have done that as well. So, you know, that's an area where we're definitely seeing a tremendous amount of progress with people and companies now staying in this market. Wow. It's seems like a real community is starting to foster here and grow. So I'm curious, what do you think the entrepreneurship ecosystem at Yale or even like wider, like New Haven, Connecticut would look like five to 10 years? Yeah, great question. And this is what really gets me excited. Um, You know, there's an opportunity for us here to really grow this city and this ecosystem in a a pretty dramatic way. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of past the point of critical mass now where you know, the, the market has this incredible momentum that you can feel. And now other question, you know, what do we want to grow up to be? You know, how big do we want to grow? And um, I do think that in the coming five to 10 years, this growth will only further accelerate. Um, you know, you'll see it in a number of different areas. I mean, I think, first of all, when you drive around New Haven right now, you see a tremendous amount of construction going on. A lot of these kind of six story apartment buildings, you know, flying up all over the city that are, you know, seem to be kind of fully leased as soon as they open. And then you're seeing a lot of commercial development as well. Many cities are really struggling right now with a lot of office vacancy. But you see in New Haven, you know, buildings continue to go up, new investments breaking ground all the time. Um, and I think in particular, 
particular, you'll see that development uh, density really taking root in the, the area, kind of down near the medical school, um, down to the train station through Ninth Square, you know, that whole area down there, which has already started to fill in with developments at 100 College Street, 300 George Street, 101 College Street, a lot of apartment buildings, new 10-story biotech tower about to go up on the site of the New Haven Coliseum uh, area um, and many other projects in the works. You know, that whole area, you know, I think in 10 years, uh, you'll get off the train in New Haven, you know, walk out the door and you'll see, you know, a really dense neighborhood of innovators, entrepreneurs, emerging companies, great places for people to live, restaurants and so forth. I think that's really one of the real emerging neighborhoods in New Haven right now. Wow, that sounds so exciting. So in terms of who comprises of these innovators, of course, there's Yale faculty and students, but are like who are all of the other members within here? Yeah, a lot of the people leading these companies and working at these companies do have Yale roots, um, you know, as uh, as a former students, uh, either undergrads or graduate students. But there's also a number of other uh, kind of networks, if you will, of people who've really taken up a lot of key leadership roles around the city. I mentioned Jonathan Rothberg, you know, his web of companies and alumni who've come out of those companies is very broad and deep right now. Um, you know, he again, he's founded 12 companies over the last, I think, 20 years or so, many of which have been incredibly successful and have, you know, trained a lot of leaders who've gone on to lead other companies. There's also been um, a number of people who have come out of the large pharma industry in and around Connecticut. So, you know, we have a huge presence in Connecticut at Pfizer, um, which is in Groton, but a lot of people kind of live halfway between here and there. And um, a lot of people have come out of Pfizer over the years, taken leadership roles in these companies. Um, we used to have a large site from um, BMS in Wallingford as well. That site closed a number of years ago, but most of those people stuck around and are now leading a lot of these companies as well. So, you know, the world of startups often involves, um, you know, these are high risk ventures typically. They commonly don't work out. Um, and you see people kind of recycle through the ecosystem as well. And I think, you know, when you have a big, vibrant ecosystem like we have now, you know, we're seeing more and more of that. And that's a good thing. You know, you need people to know that even if the venture they're on doesn't work out, you know, there's always going to be a few more coming that they can jump on board and exciting new career opportunities. Um, and so, you know, you see that mixing occurring more and more now over the years. Yeah, like having that support network, that web is so important. So what exactly are the events that you do to foster these communities? Would you like to elaborate on them? Absolutely. So there's a wide range of events that we we either direct directly uh, put on or, or help support, um, ranging from we have a monthly meetup of entrepreneurs and innovators in New Haven called Collaborative Connecticut. Um, everyone's invited to that. It's free. Um, if you go on the Yale Ventures website, sign up for our newsletter, you'll get um, you know notifications of when those are happening. So that's just kind of a routine meetup. We usually have 150 people or so show up every every month for those, um, you know, and that goes all the way up to the biggest event of the year that we do is called the Yale Innovation Summit. It actually happened just last week when we're as we're taping this uh, as pod um, and that attracted 2100 people this year from all around the world. We had five tracks of programming ranging from biotech to tech, climate 
health, and the arts. Um, and each track featured pitch competitions of new ventures uh, presenting to investors competing for over $200,000 in prize money to panels and keynote speakers from industry experts in over two, two days uh, hosted at the Yale School of Management. Um, you know, really incredible program. Uh, again, over 2,000 people in attendance. So that's our biggest event of the year. Um, and then there's a number of other events during the year that are kind of mid-size, you know, focused typically in on, you know, the different areas of innovation, whether that's bioscience or climate innovation or technology. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Sci City hosts a number of events for students in particular, run a summer fellowship program that's um, running right now, and a number of other uh, meetups and, and uh, educational opportunities as well. Wow. Having seen and done so much, you know, worked with so many entrepreneurs, done so much fostering this community. What, is, what would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned on entrepreneurship? I think it's mostly to uh, find ways to say yes. Right. Like I think, um, you know, at these very early idea stages, um, you know, it's very easy to come up with reasons why something's not going to work, why it's too hard. Um, but at Yale in particular, we're blessed with so many brilliant people coming up with new ideas. And I think, you know, our goal is really to find ways to be supportive from as many people as possible and let their drive and desire and ambition and ideas take them as far as they can and be as supportive as we possibly can, knowing how hard it is to start a new venture. So, you know, for anyone thinking about it, whether it's, you know, to become an entrepreneur yourself or to jump on board with a new startup as an early employee or a co-founder, um, you know, it's a great way to learn, to have an impact, to move quickly, uh, to build a career. And so hopefully all of us at EO Ventures, you know, can be helpful in different ways, you know, in people's journeys uh, across that spectrum. Yeah. And what advice would you give to our audience if they want to learn more about Yale initiatives on entrepreneurship, for instance, maybe things they should follow, newsletters they should read, et cetera? Yeah, go to our website, ventures.yale.edu. Um, and it's a treasure trove of information. You'll find, you know, news and events there. Um, go to the newsletter. I think at the top under about, you can sign up for our newsletter. I definitely would recommend that. Um, we won't spam you all day, but you'll get, you know, monthly updates with events that are coming up and you can, uh, attend if they're of interest. And then follow us as well on, uh, we're particularly active on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, uh, Yale Ventures, um, pretty easy to search and find. So um, those are the best ways to stay in touch and hopefully plug into the ecosystem. Yeah. And thank you, Josh, so much for your time. This is the end of the interview. Thank you. Great. Thank well, you. thanks for uh, great questions and thanks for having me.